the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ah, yes, it is, but it's a special National Radio Day edition. You see, Seth is away uh, on vacay on this National Radio Day. So management, scrape the bottom of the barrel. I <laughs> J.D., will you come in? Yes, it's uh, the recovering congressman. And, form, you know, so many people have moved. to the. They may not remember those years when I was the sports anchor at Channel 10. Uh, but anyway, back behind a mic and exactly one hour from now. And you'll want to call the kids, uh, your uncles and aunts, your grandparents about this. One hour from now, we bring back one of the great Friday features of Phoenix Radio. Blow out the phones. It's like open phones on steroids, where you will have exactly 30 seconds to say what's on your mind. You want to call up and say bad things about me? Well, you can. Then I'll wait and see what I... No, I did I will not be responding. Uh, but if whatever you have to say, you'll have a chance to say it, provided you can fit it into 30 seconds one hour from now. Right now, we're we're going back to the whole Afghanistan thing, the debacle, the disgrace, and the danger for what? Between 10,000, perhaps as many as 40,000 Americans, American citizens trapped in Afghanistan? Let's face facts, for all intents and purposes, they are hostages. And as a much younger man, my senior year at North Carolina State, I can recall the Iranian hostage crisis when the United States Embassy was taken over, and it was horrible. But if we have thousands of Americans held hostage, that makes what went on in Tehran in 1979, that makes it look like a a birthday party for three-year-olds. If you heard the news at the top of the hour, you heard that the Taliban is going house to house. They're stringing people up. They're, they're involved in all sorts of atrocities. And you heard before the news, our Secretary of Defense, uh, Lloyd the conservative hunter, Austin. You know, the guy said, we've we got to deal with extremism, conservatives are extreme, and we're going to come get them. Uh, you know, he basically said, yeah, we're going to keep uh, our force uh, inside the airport. Uh, But news comes out right now. This comes uh, to us from the Epic Times. Apparently, U.S. troops were so upset at what they, they were seeing 
that they actually left the airport to rescue 169 Americans. We we are just really getting that news. I guess uh, President Biden had something to say about that. Of course, the whole deal is where the Biden State Department has left this is, hey, if you're an American citizen, you should make your way to Hamid Karzai Airport. I've got um, some audio here so you can hear just how bad the situation at the airport is. But first, a little context. And for once, it's not a cultural reference to baby boomers. It's more for the kids of boomers. Hard to believe, but like 30 years ago, on the kids' channel Nickelodeon, the breakthrough sitcom starred Melissa Joan Hart. It was entitled, Clarissa Explains It All. Now, the years have passed, and Melissa Joan Hart has gone to age-appropriate roles that befit where she is in life, now as a wife and mother. But there's a real-life Clarissa on television these days. She is chief international correspondent for CNN. She was the woman a couple of days ago, after the Taliban show up, she, she puts on her burqa, and she goes out, and what were the words? Uh, they're chanting, Death to America... But they seem to be quite friendly. And that prompted uh, Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, to, to tweet in response, Is there any enemy of the United States for whom CNN will not cheerlead? Now, the Associated Press put down the pom-poms long enough to tell us about the time Clarissa was offering that explanation on CNN. Well, the Taliban, they went out with their rifles, and there was a a woman with her family who didn't have a burqa on. They shot and killed her in cold blood. And hey, Afghanistan's not a small place. But meanwhile, back at the airport or somewhere in Kabul, the face of the Taliban is standing up saying, no, no, we believe in women's rights, of course, as long as it reflects Sharia law. So I guess under Sharia, it's cool to go ahead and and shoot and kill in cold blood women who are not wearing burqas. Now, the CNN people, because they go after, you know, CNN now stands at two, two different options. Chinese News Network, China News Network, for the communist Chinese, or conservatives? No, never. So, predictably, they go after uh, Ted Cruz. And Clarissa may say, uh, Clarissa Ward may utter inane statements. But I do have to give her credit. She's been over there in her burqa with her camera crew, and she's right there by the airport. This is what she had to say earlier today about the situation at Hamid Karzai Airport in Kabul. Cut seven. We've been at the airport now for 12 hours and on the airfield for eight hours and during the last eight hours the time that we've been waiting here we have not seen a single u.s flight evacuate people 
And so one U.S. flight takeoff about half an hour to an hour ago, but it was filled with U.S. servicemen and women. The people who have been sitting on the tarmac for the last 10 hours have not been able to get on a flight. Does that sound like an orderly evacuation to you? Military folks on the plane, well, I'll give them this, at least they're American. You know, the whole plan for the Biden administration, we're going to bring over uh, special visa holders. Now, some of these people deserve to get the heck out of Dodge because they were translators for us, but not every translator exactly has, uh, deserves a good conduct medal. Sean Parnell, a veteran of, of Afghanistan who is now a candidate for the U.S. Senate, relayed how his translator, who had spent the year with Sean Parnell and his unit, how he set those guys up and how his unit lost people because of their translator, their interpreter. But see, it's real simple. This is, and I touched on it briefly, I probably didn't give it full voice. There's a new form of American exceptionalism, according to the Biden administration. And it is this. If you're American, here's the exception. You go to the back of the line, we want to bring in people. It's different from the whole political concept of get out the vote. The modern Democrat Socialist or worse party... And uh, President Trump just calls it a communist party now. And uh, sad to say, with a lot of these people, uh, it's it's past the point of disagreement. <laughs> Look at these guys at the Pentagon, for crying out loud. But they have decided to prioritize non-citizens to bring them into the United States. And you I, 15 years ago, I wrote a book about this. And I had a bill, the Enforcement First Act. George W. and I had some words about that on Air Force One head to Yuma because he, he wanted comprehensive immigration reform, which, of course, is amnesty and other globalist tripe that will not treat him well in history. But he's got plenty of company, starting with his dad and through old Bill Clinton and then, uh, then uh, Barack Hussein Obama after uh, George W., and uh, the only exception was Trump. And now you got this hoo-ha with Biden. How bad has it gotten for Joe Biden? You'll have to hear it to believe it. When we come back, even an NPR reporter takes exception to some comments from the president. You'll hear that next. Want to hear from you? 602-508-0960. J.D. Forseth. On AM 960, The Patriot. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. The number to call. AM nine sixty, The Patriot. JD for Seth on. This National Radio Day Friday, and just a reminder, eh, 40 plus minutes from now, what, 45 minutes from now, 44 minutes from now, but I uh, 
don't want to pin that all down. I'm more verbally inclined than I am mathematically. Suffice it to say, after the news at 5, we bring back blow out the phones. And so you want to get ready for that. And if you decide not to call, that's cool, too. I mean, listen, I, I ran for the U.S. Senate, so I, I can filibuster pretty well. Speaking of the U.S. Senate, a guy who went there, technically he was elected at age 29, and he only uh, achieved uh, the constitutional requirement of being 30 years of age uh, a couple of weeks after he was elected in November of 1972. That would, you do the math, that guy is now 78, and he's ensconced at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And we heard from him earlier, this would be Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., who historians say will be, we we know him as the 46th president of the United States. I got to confess, my old old, uh, congressional colleague, Tom Tancredo, he he refers to him uh, with the acronym PINO. And it's not not like PINO Noir, it's not... uh, Pino Grigio, it's P-I-N-O, president in name only. Because uh, more than a few of us, we may not be mathematically inclined, but we know there's a fundamental problem when you have more votes than registered voters casting ballots, and you better believe that's what happened in November of 2020. But here's how bad it is now for Mr. Biden at the White House. Even a reporter from National Public Radio challenges the president's, quote, facts on the ground at the Hamid Karzai airport in Kabul, Afghanistan. This is the way it sounded at uh, the press conference this morning. One thing you will note, the guy was not talking like those usual NPR anchors who talk in a way to invite uh, narcolepsy. I guess he was pretty excited, and of course he's bowing and scraping when he gets up to to make the point. Uh, the guy's name is Scott Detrow. And uh, here's the way it went down earlier today uh, at the White House. Cut eight. Thank you, Mr. President. I just want to follow up on something you said a moment ago. You said that there's no no circumstances where American citizens cannot get to the airport. (laughs) That doesn't really square with the images we're seeing around the airport with the reporting on the ground from our colleagues who are describing chaos and violence. Are you saying unequivocally that any American who wants to get to the airport is getting there and getting past the security barrier and to the planes where they Uh, want to go? I thought the question was, how can they get through to the airport outside the airport? And the answer is, to the best of our knowledge, the Taliban checkpoints, they are letting through people showing American passports. You know, it's interesting, even with the cognitive problems, old Joe has muscle memory. He goes, okay, I got to get out of this. Oh, I thought the question was about something else. But you may want to put up uh, an electronic version of a historical marker because there's an NPR reporter actually committing an act of journalism today at the presidential press conference right there at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So there's that. But uh, unless you think that, that uh, lest you think that uh, 
our friends at NPR are suddenly going to ever play it even-handedly and go after the facts? Uh, This item, it comes from a radio trade journal this morning. CPB, that stands for Corporation for Public Broadcasting. The headline is CPB targets COVID misinformation. Now, before I read you that dispatch, I want to flash back. I think you and I uh, shared this the last time we got together here on AM 960, The Patriot. In late June, it was one former President Obama speaking to the Convention of American Librarians. No jokes, please, about emphasizing the first syllable of librarian. But it's very clever what Mr. Obama and his allies are trying to do to redefine political debate. Cut nine. The degree to which uh, misinformation is now disseminated at warp speed uh, in coordinated ways that we haven't seen before. Um, And that the guardrails I thought were in place around many of our democratic institutions uh, really depend on the two parties agreeing to those ground rules, those guardrails, and that one of them right now doesn't seem as committed to them. Now, this is rich. Barack Hussein Obama, who who, uh, cut his political teeth in Cook County, Chicago, is going to lecture us on civic virtue, and the implication, of course, is well, Republicans, they, they have questions about this election. That's, that's misinformation. Do you see where this is headed now? If you have a different opinion, the guys at the Pentagon call you white nationalists and suggest that you're domestic terrorists, and by the same token to short-circuit debate, in addition to calling you a racist, they're going to call you someone who deliberately uses misinformation, which brings me back to this whole thing about COVID misinformation. Uh, Patricia Harrison is president and CEO of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, paid for by listeners like you. And not always voluntarily. A chunk of your tax money goes to this hoo-ha. Grants of up to $20,000 are going to 14 stations. On the list, I see stations in Arkansas, Idaho, Texas, Missouri, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, West Virginia, Florida, and Wyoming. You see what they're trying to do? They're going into swing states, or they're going into solid Republican states, and they're going to use NPR or PBS to say, if you have a disagreement with us over COVID, never mind the fact that you may be listening to physicians, you may be listening to epidemiologists, but if you're not listening to the little guy, the, the, the uh, consigliere of COVID, uh, you got trouble. Disinformation indeed. And that's what they're pulling. Just thought you'd like to know. Reactions, response, 602-508-0960. It's J.D. for Seth on AM 960, The Patriot.
Now, uh, this, this must be like Halley's Comet. Very rarely do we get a twin spin of a bumper tune. But there was Gordon Lightfoot again. But, oh, no, 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 that's right. This is a totally different, same artist, different tune. Singing about, uh, well, a, a joint that, that I've traveled down, not a joint, a thoroughfare, Carefree Highway. Which is kind of cool. Of course, that could be a figure of speech. You know, they no problem, carefree highway. But when I hear it, I think of that particular thoroughfare in North Scottsdale beyond uh, Pinnacle Peak. And that, that is a pleasant thought. Carefree highway. Hey, uh, the exact opposite is going on. You have the debacle in Afghanistan. And you have the COVID fear-mongering ratcheted up again. Now, let's just go back and review. And let me, let me lay all my cards on the table. I have a personal connection to COVID because it killed my dad. My dad uh, was 88. He was in a retirement center in North Carolina. You know, you hear all the talk about uh, about uh, Cuomo in New York and uh, Tom Wolfe in Pennsylvania and Gretch the Wretch, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. You don't hear a lot about North Carolina, but there's a reason I call the governor there Evil Roy Cooper. Because the same hoo-ha was going on in North Carolina, I know because my dad fell, hurt his head, was taken because of the symptoms of this stuff, was put uh, in, in the ER in the hospital and then sent back to the rest home. Now, the good news is, first of all, my dad had an... Had an um, he thought something was going to happen, and he wasn't one of these gloomy Gus guys, but we do phone calls, FaceTime. he say, look, I'm not going to be here much longer. And he's a, a believer, and I know he is in a better place. Reunited with my mom and so many other believers in eternity, but I will tell you, his final temporal days were terrible, because of COVID. So I suffer no delusion about what the disease can do. My problem is with the whole rollout and the double talk and what has been going on beginning, gosh, now, 18 months ago. There he was, a little capo of contagion. Remember, give us, give us two weeks to flatten the curve. Give us two weeks to flatten the curve. What? We're about 530 days beyond those two weeks. We saw society brought to a standstill. And having the background I have, having served six terms in the Congress of the United States, that means standing at the bar of public opinion every two years. Well, in this case, it was 14 years, and then a break for two years, and then one more time. So... Basically, 16 years out of, uh, out of 20 years, I was involved in campaigning for office. And I can remember times, and this happened to me in a moment, not really of reverie, but reflection. I was thinking back, early 2020, nearly full employment, 
America standing tall, and I'm thinking, what do, what do they have planned? And by they, I don't mean the Democrat National Committee or the, the guys on the other side of the aisle. Not all of them anyway. I mean the guys who are the big Wall Street bankers. I mean uh, the, the World Economic Council. I mean people who are involved in currency manipulation and who have successfully around the world launched what can be called, what have been called, color revolutions. Now, it's not what you think. It's not a racial thing. But it has to do with the color of currency and the way things are manipulated and the way events are taken. And now, you know, I just wonder. Our intelligence agencies, who we're we're supposed to believe are deaf, dumb, and blind about Afghanistan, well, we know there have been changes in the intelligence agencies in much the same way there have been changes at the Department of Just Us. When I come back, I'm going to fill in the blanks for you where I think this thing went very, very wrong, and a couple of facts staring us in the face that the alphabet networks and newspapers like the Arizona Repugnant refuse to recognize. It's J.D. for Seth. That's why I'm here. Today, National Radio Day on AM 960, The Patriot. Stay with me. Yeah, Fancy. Uh, I don't know if Fancy was up to some unlawful commerce. I'm trying to remember that whole song, but we'll just let you speculate on that in the privacy of your own uh, situation. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we would we would respectfully ask that you um you while we'll respect your privacy we want you to become a public person and about 20 minutes from now following news at the top of the hour as we bring back in honor of national radio day one of the great friday franchises in all of phoenix radio that would be blow out the phones heard uh, at another broadcast address you may recall when i happened to uh, plant my electronic mailbox and microphone at that different broadcast address that uh, our buddy the late great bob mohan bequeathed unto me that radio ritual that friday franchise and all it is you you call in you're going to have exactly 30 seconds to say what's on your mind If you go 31, well, the click is going to come at 30. And you don't want to call up and say, hey, look, the the Beneficent Order, the Antelope, we're going to have a fish fry. No, we're not doing that kind of thing. It's your opinion on something going on in the news, and goodness knows there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Now, before the break, I... And you may have known this, and I did not spend a lot of time about it in the um, the limited times you and I have gotten together here or 
uh, at other uh, broadcast addresses. But yes, my dad was one of the seniors who died of COVID. I understand full well the threat to people, especially those 75 or older. Let's not kid ourselves. But let's not kid our kids either. The fact is, and it's been borne out by epidemiologists and even the National Institutes of Health, and the little capo of contagion, although Dr. Fauci doesn't like to talk about it, he'd rather uh, chase down the aforementioned fancy from the song, make sure she has her penicillin or what, I don't know, anyway. The fact is, the flu has killed more children in the United States than COVID. In fact, according to a Johns Hopkins epidemiological study of the fatalities in children, there were pre-existing conditions. Leukemia, heart conditions, other terrible things that these children had that made them susceptible But we're getting this crazy stuff. For example, I understand the Scottsdale Unified School District is going to... They're like, solidarity with the union, baby. Parents, we don't care. Our job is to scare the heck out of you. And by the way, you really can't blame them. And this is where history is not going to be kind to Doug Ducey. When he allowed all the public schools to empty a few years ago, and there was, what, close to a month, at least a couple of weeks of a red friend and march downtown. And of course the Arizona Repugnant played that up like that was that was something great. Boy, if I'd been governor, I'd say we're gonna have a special session. I would have gotten with the lawyers, I would have figured out a way to tell teachers in every district, here's the deal. You got forty eight hours. Show up for work, or we're gonna hire new teachers. If you've got a bachelor's degree in any subject and a clean police record with children, you can become a teacher in Arizona. And then all this leftist hoo-ha, the kid that set that thing up came out here from Madison, Wisconsin. He's been, uh, I guess, elevated in the, uh, in the Politburo scheme of things. But it was horrible. Now let me get back to COVID for just a second here. For your kids, for you, for your parents, a couple of things to keep in mind. The evidence is overwhelming that this COVID is a Chinese biological weapon. It's not some bat brought into a wet market. They were working on it. What compounds the problem is that a little buddy Fauci was even making sure money got to the Chinese so they could keep working on this stuff. Imagine that. The other problem, and I started to talk about it before the break, our intelligence, our intelligence agencies, supposedly deaf, dumb, and blind about Afghanistan, we know that ain't true, by the way, we're learning uh, the, the dissembling or the confusion from Uncle Joe and his gang at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue as we start to check different cables and different leaks from the State Department. But setting that aside for a second, 
the same intelligence officials, like that, that guy in uniform who looked like Flounder in Animal House, the guy who claimed he was offered the job of defense secretary in his homeland, you know, he's got a twin. Those two guys that had jobs in the National Security Agency that, that brought up all this hoo-ha about President Trump, so vital to the first impeachment trial of President Trump. Forget the second one, when Trump was already out of office. How stupid was that? These show trials, but the point I'm making is those intelligence agencies offered an assessment of Donald Trump. And unsurprisingly, they found what? That Mr. Trump has a flair for the dramatic. His whole public persona in New York as a developer had to do with a great big ice rink. There was a problem. When he expanded past uh, building homes in Queens with his dad, he went to the New York City Council and said, Hey, I'm going to get this thing built in less than 18 months. Let me take it over. And he did that. And from that ice rink to Trump Tower to name any structure, anything he's been involved in, it is grand, it is dramatic, and perhaps the most dramatic thing is first time out of the gate, what office do you run for? How about President of the United States? Just one little note here. I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you. Back when I was interviewing uh, for that gig I had for four years in Newsmax TV as an anchor commentator, uh, commentator, excuse me if I'm lapsing into a Joe Biden slur, I don't mean to have my voice and diction scrambled. So anyway, I'm down there having dinner, and who shows up but Donald Trump? And at the time, he was looking at running for governor of New York. Shared the polling info with us, but finally decided, no, he'd run for president. And the rest, as we say, is history. But that flair for the dramatic was utilized against Mr. Trump's better interest, and more importantly, against the better interest of the United States. And it continues with a kind of COVID contagion that is psychological rather than than uh, physical. It is this notion of mass psychosis and fear. It's real. But there's another big reason that little Tony Fauci and other guys aren't talking about. You and I will talk about it next. For Seth, it's J.D. on AM 960, The Patriot. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and I like to think I am, too. AM 960, The Patriot, J.D. for Seth on this Friday, National Radio Day, following the news at 5, the return of Blow Out the Phones. It, it may blow up on us, but hey, this is live radio, and it ain't like I can't handle this kind of stuff. Uh, and that's just what happens. And producer, director, board op. So we're ready, and we'll explain that more in just a little while. The whole COVID thing, the notion that there's a new variant, which which may be true, the notion that the shot, and I guess we shouldn't call it a vaccine any longer, the shot is not working effectively, okay. But this notion of being deathly afraid unless you are in one of these groups, 
over 75 or pre-existing conditions that might bring this on, you don't have to cower in fear. All of life is a risk. But what's going on now, and we saw this with the election. Hey, hey, we can't get out and vote. We got a mail-in ballots. And you'll say, yeah, J.D., they've been doing that since before you ran for office in Arizona. I said, yes, but a whole lot of other states didn't even have provisions for mail-out and mail-in ballots. The simplest kind of vote fraud can happen that way. And the political battles continue. In fact, uh, Joe Biden on Wednesday tried to politicize the pandemic again. We're going to get these kids, we're going to get masks on. These states, I'm going to seek our, our attorney general from the Department of Justice to go after him. One of those governors, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who makes a, a pointed point, if you will, to the point where we use uh, the bleeper. Uh, check it out, cut 10. Politicians want to force you to cover your face as a way for them to cover their own ass. That's just the truth. Let me put it in kinder and gentler language. When you cover your face, politicians are covering their derrieres. But but it's more than that. It's not just trying to stay out of a out of a problem there. It is to control you. With freedom comes responsibility. But when responsibilities are piled on in a way that is not responsible, your freedoms go away. Tell me that's not what's happening. Freedom of expression we celebrate next hour. We bring back blow out the phones, all part of trying to keep the listener satisfied. That would be you. And me? Ha! Well, I'm J.D., the recovering congressman, in for the vacationing Seth. AM 960, The Patriot, is KKNT. Our final hour is straight ahead. Get your pithy sayings ready. That's pithy. 30 seconds to get them ready. Blow out the phones next hour. Stay with us. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.